Hey y'all, it's Cheyenne. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Sickly Sweet Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, hi, I'm your host Cheyenne. If this is your second, third, fourth, or fifth time joining me, hi, thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Quarantine is finally over where I am. The stay at home has been lifted. You are still required to wear a mask, but we're slowly getting there. I hope everything's going okay with you guys, especially with everything going on in the world. I hope you guys are staying safe and everything is okay. I hope everybody's all right. And with that, let's get into this. Today, we're going to talk about a bit of a different style of case. Today, we're going to talk about the case of Jennifer Sabina. And if nobody's heard of her, she was a female police officer that worked in, I think it's Wauwatosa is how to pronounce it. And on the early morning hours of Christmas Eve in 2012, she was found dead in a parking lot. Her body was left out in the cold rain, laying face up in the snow. She had been shot twice in the back of the head, turned over, and her own gun was taken off her hip, and she was shot three more times in the face. She was a police officer that a lot of people loved. She was very well loved by everybody in the community. She also helped with a youth group of young girls at her church. She was married to her husband, Ben Zabina, who was a former Marine that had suffered a leg injury and had been suffering silently with PTSD. As far as I know, he had never been treated for PTSD, but he was hiding it from Jennifer and he was hiding it from everybody around him that he had PTSD. On the early morning hours, It had been reported across the radio that an officer had been shot and her husband had texted her several times and she did not answer. At five o'clock in the morning, other officers found Jennifer laying there and they were upset about the loss, not only of such a good person, but of a fellow officer. By seven o'clock in the morning, they had told Jennifer's husband, who was visibly uncontrollable and had had flipped over a table in the interrogation room. Police had searched and found footprints in the snow near Jennifer's body, but sadly, they led nowhere. After a while, they started checking surveillance and CCTV footage on the street and found, strangely, that a car, that which was a black Prius with black rims, was in the area at the time. And identically, there was a car that matched that description owned by Jennifer's husband. They later did a search of their premises and found hid up in the rafters and insulation. They found the second gun that had killed Jennifer. It matched ballistics and they ended up finding out that her husband was the one, sadly, that murdered her. And there are many theories as to why he did what he did. Some people say it was PTSD. Some people said that he was jealous of losing her, that he thought she was having an affair. Some people said that he was jealous because she had a career and was going on and his career as a soldier had ended and that he wanted to be the one that was out there. Some people had even said that he was jealous of her because he had wanted to become a police officer, couldn't become one, and he was jealous that his wife was a police officer. Now, while this case does not have much, it's pretty cut and dry. The episode will not be short. Because now is the time that I would like to talk about something. There is a lot of debate going on right now, especially with what's happening in the world. And, I mean, it's hard to say exactly how people should feel looking at this case. 
I'm not going to talk about it as an officer that died in the line of duty and that they get out there every day and they put themselves at risk to protect the public. They put themselves at risk so that we are protected and we are safe. And we're going to talk about it as a domestic violence. There are women that are killed, sadly, and have a higher risk of being killed by their partner. And like with the Chris Watts case, possibly with the Suzanne Morphew, because, I mean, God only knows what happened to that woman. They're still looking for her. Lacey Peterson, among many, many other women. Men have a higher chance of killing their partner or a woman has a higher chance of being killed by her boyfriend, her husband or an ex-boyfriend. Domestic violence is something that's very, very real. And sadly, it ends up a lot of times on these true crime podcasts and shows. If you know somebody who is suffering, please say something. If you are suffering domestic violence, please say something or please do something. You do not want to end up being the next victim. You do not want to lose your life or see somebody that you love lose their life to domestic violence. There are many times that people don't pay attention to the signs and there are many times that victims make excuses for their attackers and they seem to feel like they did something to provoke it or that they deserved it in some way and they don't deserve it. They deserve so much more and they deserve better than to be beat up and to be used, I don't know, as some kind of punching bag on the world. During the COVID-19 crisis, there's been a high spike in domestic violence, both towards women and children. There's even been crisis hotlines if you are in quarantine and you are suffering domestic violence. These are very real things and they are very real and they do kill people. So please say something. If you are suffering or know somebody who is suffering domestic violence, please say something. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I would love to hear you guys thoughts on the case. Please be, please, please do not use this as a political platform. Do not say, oh, she was a police officer. She got what she deserved. Because as I said, police officers get out there every day and they protect us and they keep us safe. And there's been many officers that have actually started marching with the protesters during these protests. Fargo, North Dakota, among a few others, Flint, Michigan, as well as, hang on, I'm looking at the sheet here. It's Flint, Michigan, Ferguson, Missouri, two officers in Minnesota, as well as Fargo, North Dakota. They have marched with protesters as well as Camden, New Jersey. There are good officers and there are bad officers. Like people in the world, there's always good, but there's always a few bad apples. And we are not to judge all of society based on the few. At the risk of sounding like a horrible person and having somebody say something rude to me, I've dated a few police officers in the past, and all of them have been decent human beings. And they have never been abusive to me. They have never been horrible to me. They have been nothing but nice, and they've actually helped me grow as a person and see the world as a better place and have a better understanding of people and why they do some of the things that they do. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. You can listen to Sickly Sweet Podcast on Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. I am on most podcasts and platforms. You can also find Sickly Sweet Podcast on Instagram, which is where I'm most active most of the time. If you want to talk about the case, send a recommendation or something. It's the best way to get a hold of me. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, take care, y'all.